Hey, did you see Black Panther yet? No. <laughs> Trillia. I've been traveling, but it is on my must-do list. Yeah. But you are eating watermelon as we speak, aren't you? I am. <laughs> in case, just in case you you don't want your woke card to get too revoked, so you busted out some watermelon just in case. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Grace and peace, you're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a podcast that calls for prayer about racial divisions in churches. I'm one of the hosts, Isaac Adams, and I am here with the co-host, Trillia Newbell. Hello, Isaac. (laughs) Now, Trill, you were just kicking it with my wife this past weekend and all the ladies of Capitol Hill Baptist Church because you were out here and you were speaking at our women's retreat. Yes, it was such a joy. They are great in every way. They were so fun. Yeah. They loved having you. I heard you read God's Very Good Idea with Milk and Cookies, even. Yes. The bedtime story. <laughs> that that has to be one of the sweetest things. But yes, I, we they all came, a lot of, not all of them, but a lot of the women came. It was an optional night event, and I read God's Very Good Idea. They had milk and cookies, and then we talked, just briefly had a Q&A about race and kids and thinking about how to teach our kids. We should actually, there we go. That's something we should talk about one day. Yeah. Look, content right there. <laughs> Bam. Uh, Bam. And before we get into today's content, which is colorblindness, this uh, this idea and all its shapes and shades, or lack thereof, I should say, um, just so listeners can appreciate what we were laughing about before this, because you were faithfully serving uh, the Lord and teaching women. Uh, you didn't have time to go see Black Panther. Uh, I haven't yet. Though I've had time to see it twice, which probably says something <laughs> about your productivity and my productivity. <laughs> but it's o- most people have. Most people <laughs> have. That's right. But it's okay. You haven't lost your woke card yet uh, because uh, people can't see. Trill came on this video call with watermelon in hand, just crushing, <laughs> crushing some watermelon. Yes, I will call it out. Uh, all- it was good. And you need to explain for the people who don't know what you're talking that's about. That's right. That's right. There's a, there's a stereotype <laughs> that black people eat two things, for, uh, two things among others, watermelon and fried chicken. It's at every cookout, every family reunion. People are playing spades. Uh, so there it is. And we, yes. Uh, and I fulfill those stereotypes. There you go. <laughs> Build those stereotypes today, and another time we can talk about stereotypes and all of that. Yes. Uh, but before yeah. we even get there, let's talk about um, this topic of colorblindness. Uh, and I'll ki- I'll kick it to you for the first question, but I think it, I think it's important to wade into it, and we'll see why. So, yeah. Well, I I I think it's important that we define it. So, yeah. Isaac, what is colorblindness? Yeah, yeah. I, I I do love just starting with definitions making sure we're all on the same page. Uh, I do think colorblind, colorblindness is basically the belief and practice that you should, you should ignore people's ethnicity and race, right? So how you, hear it, how you hear it commonly expressed is, I don't see you as my black friend, I see you as my friend. Yeah. I don't see you as my Asian, you know, sister, I see you as my sister. Um, and so that's what it is at its essence, 
Anything to add? I, I have some more thoughts on what it is yeah, on I top do have. of that, but any thoughts on that trip? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you're, I think we'll get to it, but I think often what people are trying to say is, I'm not a racist. Yes. So, in, yes. so instead of saying, I'm not a racist or I love people in general, they say, I don't see color at all. I'm colorblind. And um, so I'm hoping that this episode will help people see they don't have to say that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think effectively what I was going to say, what it, is, what it really is, is a form of escapism. Right. There's a big fancy word. Yeah, it's just a form of kind of escaping a reality, I think, of like, hey, here's the trap door. Uh, you can't pin this on me because I'm colorblind uh, or I'm not a racist. And I've heard people kind of justify this with a couple of things. One, they'll use, you know, King's speech, the I have a dream speech, where he says, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And what I hope we get into in this episode a little bit, Shirley, is just seeing that I don't think King meant at all that that means people would ignore those realities about his children or about any minority. I don't think I, I uh certainly what he meant is that 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 wouldn't be the final basis on which to justify stereotypes and mistreatment uh but yeah and then the this verse Galatians 3:28 uh that there's neither Jew nor Greek there's neither slave nor free there's no there's no male or, nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus uh folks will use that as see like there there's no there's no more of that uh, and I also, I also don't think that's true. I think, and that we get into really dangerous waters because frankly, this is what, uh, even slaveholders of the past did. Uh, and people don't mean to be like them. Certainly I, I'm not impugning anyone's motives, but we get into dangerous waters when we're using the Bible that way. Uh, because right. I don't think God meant that. And I'll link in the show notes to a couple articles, but one is Jarvis's and Jarvis loves Galatians. He's writing, Jarvis Williams, a professor at Southern, we'll have on later this season, Lord willing. Uh, he says, Paul's remarks are shocking in Galatians 3.28, not because he asserts ethnic and social distinctions no longer exist, but, be, be, but because he contends that they don't determine one's status within the kingdom of God or within Abraham's fam- family. Right. And I think it's right. useful to underline that to show that w- I understand that people talk about this from the Bible, but I don't think they're using the Bible correctly there. Absolutely. And we see it. I mean, God, I I, I was telling the women at, um, this weekend. I, was, I wasn't there, so. You know. No, he wasn't. <laughs> that God didn't have to um, continue to use the distinctions of every tribe, tongue, and nation all the way through Revelation. So it's clear, so clear to me in scripture that um, we're not, we're, we're not called to ignore or deny or pretend, but to celebrate, embrace, and, and be encouraged by those who are different than us. So, so yeah, I, 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 I'm looking forward to reading what Jarvis writes, but um, Dr. Williams, but I think, um, I, I think people do, they mishandle even, even unintentionally the word and try to apply it to things that aren't, it's not what it's applicable to. It's, it's um, being misapplied and mishandled. Right. So Trail, why, you know, 
I appreciate you saying, I always appreciate how you say, you know, to me, this is clear. You're, you're always good about, you know, acknowledging the reality, like, hey, to some folks, this isn't as clear. Uh, and even beforehand, we're talking about, hey, this seems fairly clear, but yet you write about this, you speak about it. So um, you just had an article come out. This will also be in the show notes, uh, you know, kind of four reasons you shouldn't be colorblind. Why do you feel the need to write about this? Um, I think it's because I speak so often about race around around the country, and I almost inevitably, every single time, have someone come up to me to tell me that they are colorblind. <clears throat> and so what I realize is that where where I might be or or where I could easily we could easily assume that we're all we are all um understanding each other or that we that we know um that that we know okay why this is this isn't the best um term to use but it's the we in vogue do y'all remember in vogue be colorblind, don't be so shallow. Do you know free your mind? Am I aging myself? Anyway. I think, I think you might be, but it, it, hey, <clears throat> hey, do your That's thing. amazing. <laughs> That's amazing, Isaac, that you didn't know that. Okay, so know, in our culture. I know, Michael they, Jackson, it don't matter if we're black or white. <laughs> there you go. Well, it, so in, in this, a musical group, in our culture, it has been embedded, even in our music. That's right. Not to say, oh, we don't need to see color. Let's just get along and right. kumbaya. And so so I think it's important. And I think we're going to be right. I, I would not be surprised if we see an article similar to this 10 years from now, where we're we're explaining you can celebrate. You don't have to pretend. Um, because it's a part of what we have learned culturally. I, it's not even... Um, it's not just it in the church and how it's affected there, but it's in our culture. And so I, I just think it's very important to address these um, terms that, especially when they're not biblical and they're used, as you've just pointed out, as a a, a biblical stand. Um, it's it's important for us to think through them and and talk talk about um, why they aren't not only useful aren't useful, but, um, can be actually harmful because in some ways it's, um, it's, it's like saying, I don't see you. I don't see how God is. God has created you. And so I, I think it's important that we correct where we can. Yeah. And, 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 and bring, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not revelation, but yeah, revelation where we can so mm -hmm. that people can understand better. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Well, what about you? I, I talked about how this is a cultural, I mean, it really is something that I see in the culture from that 1980s song that I just aged myself with. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you don't know it anyways, but that's another topic altogether. We'll have but, that would be the cover art for this album. Don't worry. Carl will whip up something nice. I'm sure. So how does it creep into the church? How do you see this colorblind idea um, either practically or or through theology? I don't know if, if have you ever heard it preached in the church? I don't know. So mm. how, how have yeah. you seen it creep into the church? Yeah, thankfully I haven't heard it preached in my church. I've certainly heard of others talking about it being preached in their churches. 
Uh, you know, and we've been talking about, you know, even in response to tragedies of over these last decade, er, this last decade, uh, and, you know, it's built upon tragedies over the centuries. But, you know, these shootings happen, these high profile police shootings or something like that happens. And, you know, some pastors are tempted to say, you know, well, just be colorblind and this won't be an issue, um, uh, which what I would encourage them not to say. Uh, but, and the reality, Chile, I, I point you kind of getting, I appreciate you kind of getting to the air we're breathing because while it's true that we are not of the world as God's children, uh, we are still certainly in the world. Um, and that me, and we are still wrestling with the flesh, which means we bring our junk into the church, <laughs> you know, it's, Absolutely. we're saved out of the world, but we're, we're in it and we are still breathing that air to some degree. And we still wrestle and imbibe ideas and notions and assumptions that we don't even realize that we're taking in. It's like, I don't even realize I'm talking this way or thinking this way. Uh, so I think I see that's how it kind of pop up. And I do think, you know, it's rare, rarely in my experience am I dealing with a malicious person, even though people do use this as a kind of pushback, self-justifying defense kind of deal. Um, but I do remember talking to an elderly, an elderly saint, or at least an older saint. Um, and he just said this, and this is in an article that I wrote called Don't Be Colorblind at Church, and I'll link to that in the show, show notes. Uh, but he said, when I grew up, the problem was that the culture was so cognizant so hateful of blacks that we white Christians saw it as love to simply love black people as people, not black people. And that helped me understand that, you know, erasing color is not always intended to destroy the person, but to love them. And uh, colorblindness for some people is a good step in that. But I think often uh, the speeds we have, especially in the evangelical world, is either it's either completely important or completely unimportant. Or in other words, you know, there. now that I've taken this step, I'm done, and I've done all that I need to do. Uh, and I think that's where I see it kind of creeping into how we think. It's like, oh, this feels like a good place, and I think I've taken the step. And I would just encourage folks that that's not the final step. Thoughts on thoughts on that? Thoughts on how you see it cre- come on, creep in? Well, I, I think the same way that you, you just mentioned. I think there's... Um, a tendency to, I think, I, I, yeah, like I said earlier, what people are really trying to say is I'm not a racist. And so, so whenever people talk to me and say anything about being colorblind, I, I don't get offended and I don't um, come after anyone in the church. I'm not, it's, it's because I, I think I really truly believe the heart behind it is one of, of trying to love. They're right. trying to figure out how to love a zeal, but maybe not a zeal according to knowledge. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's actually a beautiful way to put it. A zeal, but a zeal not according to knowledge. And so for so for me, I I typically just remind people, hey, you you actually God created us and it's a good thing. It's you don't have to be colorblind. And I just I try to say it pretty quickly so that people know immediately that, hey, you don't have to say that. We can enjoy and embrace instead of um, trying to be color colorblind, and so that's that's actually what I'm hoping in that article. And just as I speak to people, is that there would be there's going to be tension in this topic. Period. It's a topic that is um, 
we've been, especially in the, well, not just in the United States, but in the United States, we just need to understand that we have a history of division on in this. So it's going to be a difficult topic. So we're talking about colorblindness and, and the danger of it, Trill, we're getting to it is, you know, when we're talking about colorblindness, if people are ignoring the reality of how brothers and sisters are, you know, then they can't properly kind of weep with them when they're weeping or rejoice with them when they're rejoicing. And even what's more, is Chris, I was reading this book, Disunity in Christ by Christina Cleveland, and it left me wrestling with a number of questions. But one point, she just kind of talks about colorblindness or cultural blindness, she talks about, and basically saying, like, it really leaves us susceptible to being like, if I ignore color, then I really do start to assume yes. that we that unity is uniformity and that we all have to be exactly alike if we are going to be one and uh that either means you need to assimilate to my really to my cultural preferences and standards uh and we just see the bible again and again going pushing back specifically uh on the jewish kind of cultural uh preferences that were or even kind of rights that God had established. But in the new covenant, he's like, look, that's that's abolished. The Gentiles can come in. They don't need to be circumcised, things like that. Uh, so, so, Trill, getting to the kind of danger of it and seeing that, how do we then repent of this? Uh, how do you, you often talk about, yeah, you often talk about, like, it's easy, you know, even in the last conversation, we're talking about love, uh, which is true, but repentance is entailed in that love. Yeah, well, I think you've just, you've nailed it. I think that when, with everything, we repent. We don't repent of just doing random. We we repent of things that are heart issues, right? That things that, so really to get to the root of it, we'd have to ask what is motivating us. So I do, although I do think a lot, some, many things that are motivating this is a desire to try to love and they, and, and a filler, a filler, like I'm not colorblind is a filler, but for some, it may be a, um, a, a desire to escape, uh, the conversation, not to love your neighbor as yourself by pressing in or right. it could or to be, shut it down to shut it down. Yeah. If I'm, if you're not colorblind, then we have no, we have nothing else to say. We're done. Um, it could be that, um, that, that, that the person thinks that your, your issue, whatever it is that you're mourning about, you're weeping about or discouraged about is not important. So it could, it, and, and so it could be almost, um, colorblind, it could be used as a weapon to say, if you would stop talking about this, it would go away. If you would just be colorblind, like I am, then it would go away. And so in that case, it's an arrogance that needs to, and pride that needs to be repented of. And, um, and, and then it could be, it can be used in, in a number of different ways. So I, I think for, and, oh, so in a culture for the church, it can be used as a way for, for, to explain that, um, we are all here and, um, again, another misuse of the scripture, uh, one mind, one accord. <laughs> and therefore 
we just need to assimilate to everything culturally and in, in our minds and thinking to the way of the majority culture. And, and so dress like us, talk like us, walk like us or leave or leave. And so in that way case, it's, you're being partial. Um, it, and pride, there's lots of things going on, but the, the sin of partiality is definitely in play, not so much of economics, um, socioeconomic, but definitely in play in, in, um, culture. So, so I think it's, (laughs) <laughs> I'm so glad our listeners, Carl, don't cut this. I'm so glad our listeners get to hear your dog bark in the background. I know. I'm like, what is going on? He's just saying amen. Yes. He's like, yes. Come on with that. Come on with that. So Don't be dog blind either. Go ahead. Don't be dog blind either. Yeah. So I, I think we, bottom line, review um, and do some dissecting in your heart. See if you are someone who used that language, the colorblind language, ask yourself why. And if, if you see anything, this is what's so good about the Lord. He says, confess your sin and he's faithful and just to forgive and to purify. He says, it's his kindness that leads to repentance. So if God reveals something to us, it's his kindness to us. It's not to condemn us, but to change us, to make us more like his son. And it's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a, it's, it's good. So we're saying this and I'm saying this not to condemn, but to ask so that we can become more like Jesus. And so repent where we need to repent of this, how we've misused this term. So I, so I just want to encourage anyone who's listening, if God is stirring something in you, that's a good thing. We can repent and then we can receive grace and put um, really loving our neighbors into true action. Oh, such a good word. And that's that's just highlighting the fact that, you know, all grief is not bad be- grief. There's godly grief that leads to repentance. And that's useful on this topic uh, and useful as we talk about colorblindness. And a part of repentance, uh, a part of confessing is prayer, right? That's how we're confessing our sins to God and to one another. So we'll turn to that uh, in one minute. One last thing I want to say about the colorblindness, and you feel free to jump in on it. Uh, I will say that it does seem like our culture, we've talked about kind of one aspect of the culture where this is really not good. Uh, And the other side of the culture, I I will say, is to say that you know, it's like, I'm so loyal to my now group identity, whether it be color, gender, whatever it might be, that um, it trumps all my other identities, right? And what I think colorblindness, at least, uh, while, while I don't want to necessarily endorse, you know, what we were just talking about. Uh, what I think it gets at is at least saying it's like, just because I'm not exactly like you doesn't mean I can't love you or understand you to some degree. And I think folks, some folks are saying that nowadays, like you're not exactly like me. You can't understand me. Uh, and I think colorblindness is at least in the direction of trying to bring about that unity trail. Why don't you go ahead? Uh, we were talking about prayer as a means of, uh, as a means of just repenting and bringing about our repentance. You know, we're not just singing Kumbaya. Uh, We want to 
uh, be celebrating uh, that which God has made and done. And that's the that's the the sorrow of colorblindness is that we get we're robbing ourselves of the joy of celebrating God's good work and His design. Uh, so why don't you open us in prayer, and then I will uh, jump in and close. Well, Lord, I just thank you that you are the creator of the world. You had um, this world in mind, but what is most shocking, I think, is that you had us in mind. That I think of Psalm 8, that you created all these wonders, and yet, what is man that you are mindful of him, and that you would knit us together in our mother's womb, and that you would think of even the hairs that are on our heads— including the color of our skin, God. You had this in mind, and you are um, awesome and good, and what you do is good. So, Lord, I just thank you that we can celebrate you, you and that we can thank you, and that we can celebrate um, your your creation, how you have created us unique and different, and um, that you would think of every tribe, tongue, and nation, and that we get to worship for eternity with every tribe, tongue, and nation, and that, um, Lord, this is this is your idea, and we are so grateful that we can be a part of it. So, Lord, um, help us to, to have eyes to see that, <laughs> eyes to see your glory and your goodness in creating people all made in the image of God to reflect you in various ways and also uh, uniquely different for your glory and our good. And so, God, I thank you so much for that. And, Lord, where we need to repent, where we've failed, and um, I thank you that you invite us to come to confess our sin and that we can confess where we have where we have gone wrong on this issue and gone wrong on every topic that we've <laughs> hit on, Lord, and that you— um, you don't you don't say come and receive condemnation, but you say come and receive mercy and help. And Lord, that you when we were we when we confess our sin, that we receive grace, and that we um, when we repent, that there's a turning and a changing that happens. So Lord, God, where that needs to happen, I pray that you would make it so. Help us to humble ourselves, that we would not be humbled, but that you, we could humble ourselves and um, confess and receive, receive grace, God. Um, I pray you would help us do that, and it's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, your word says that love rejoices with the truth. Father, we pray that we would not be those who try to escape the truth, who try to come, who intentionally try to come a few steps short of the truth and settle there. Father, we confess that on these topics, it's just so easy to be lazy. It's so easy to think that because we are not experiencing something a certain way, then that means everyone is not experiencing it a certain way. So easy to we so quickly moralize that too and say that if anyone is saying they experience that, then they're wrong. Or, you know, Lord, we say things like, why why do people keep talking about this? Or uh Lord, would you help us to to flee that? 
Would you help us to see folks as you've made them? And Lord, rejoice in that and celebrate that and give you praise and honor and marvel at how beautiful you must be. Lord, would we never think that our ethnicity alone or our group uh, can fully tell the story of who you are? Lord, you, you, you made all people to image you, meaning that no one person does it perfectly. Father, we thank you that Jesus himself saw color, Lord, that, that that story of the good Samaritan is a colored story, Lord. We thank you and ask that we would use our Bibles and interpret our Bibles correctly. Lord, in your kindness, you've spoken on these topics. Help us, help us to see what it means to love the Samaritan in our church, to love the Gentile in our church, Lord, that, that we are Gentiles, Lord, so many of us, Father. We thank you for including us in your family. We thank you for your plan from the ages that Abraham would be the father of many nations. We praise you for that, God. You made good on your promise. Lord, and your church is a reflection of that. So we pray that the church would be built up, Lord, that we would not just be colorblind and use that as a weapon to defend ourselves or to attack someone's uh, pain that they're sharing uh, with us or to clear our names or anything like that, Lord. Instead, Lord, we pray that we would be uh, slow to speak, quick to listen, that we would mourn with those who mourn, that we would seek to walk a mile in someone else's shoes, that we would put ourselves in someone's place instead of trying to put them in their place. Lord, we just need help in empathizing and loving and serving the other, Lord, and we need to repent. So many of us have so much to repent for, Lord, in your kindness. Uh, we don't know what we don't know. Would you reveal? Would you share? Would you show? Uh, would you show sin for what it is? And would you show that your mercy and your grace is greater than it? Lord, cause us to run to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Trill, always great to chop with you on these episodes. Uh, folks who are listening to United We Pray, you can follow us on Twitter at PrayPod. You can email us at PrayPod at gmail.com. You can leave a review, swing through iTunes, and you can rate and review us. Every little bit helps on that. Uh, you can always holler at me and Trillia on our respective social media platforms. You can go to our website, PrayPod.com. I was just talking to someone who was listening to an episode on our website, uh, so that's a great way to find more content. And check out the show notes. We'll list Trillia's article. We'll list a number of things within the show notes. Uh, we have more coming, coming for you in season two. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for praying with us. Grace and peace. Oh, yeah. Anyways, it's called Quick Did y'all recently get a dog? Yes. And so my food is on the floor. So, and she, the dog is going to maybe eat it. So we, we'll just keep. Do you, want, do you want to just put it up like on a counter or something? Well, I'll put one thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be the funniest episode.